Welcome. This is, hold on, I'm going to turn this around so we can look at ourselves. Sounds a little vain, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't even pay attention to it. <laughs> I just want to make sure it's still recording. All right. Welcome back to the Liberty Roundtable. And today we are going to be uh, part two of the life of Christ. Uh, that sounds a little interesting. Part nine, part two. Yeah, maybe we'll make this part ten. Right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, we, nine was going to be, well, nine got divided. Yeah. Unless you wanted to hear us yak for hour or something. Yeah. yeah. Or two. Yeah. <laughs> Get us going. We just keep on going. All right. Well, uh, we are uh, coming back in here. Welcome again. Thank you for being with us. Um, just a real quick reminder if you are on Facebook, be sure to match that love button and then uh, share it. If you are watching us on YouTube, smash the like button and then in the corner, subscribe. And that little bell will give you notification when a new video drops. And then, uh, if you will, on our many different platforms uh, where we go out across the airwaves, if you will just hit that like button and leave us a comment. If you got a question uh, here soon, whenever we're done with this series, we'll be back to answering questions from the Bible. Yeah, amen. amen. And so uh, we'll look forward to getting some questions, really. That's yeah. right. You can either check us out at uh, lbcroundtable at gmail.com or L hyphen D. Be, uh, wow, spit it out. L hyphen C. L hyphen, L hyphen B hyphen C. L B C. And uh, go check us out there on the new tab under uh, worship with us or, or learning. Um, click on the round table and there's a form you can fill out. And so that'll get it to us. And we honestly, we look forward to it. That's what we got started doing um, originally. We were answering questions for church members. Yeah, that's right. And so. Uh, Keep on, keep on asking. Chances are we could have already answered your question. That's right. We've done this for over a year now. Yeah. Over almost 60 episodes. Yeah. Man, that's a long time. Right? A lot of writing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> a couple books right there. Yeah, amen. So, all right. We're going to jump right into it, brother. Uh, last we met, the final efforts of the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees had been thwarted. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so... I mean... Really? <laughs> you can try to outsmart the, <laughs> the creator of the universe, right? Yeah. We said that last time. Uh, yeah. Uh, the chief priests and the scribes, the elders, um, they've, well, they've pretty much exhausted their efforts to discredit uh, Jesus or I try to outsmart him. That, that yeah. just wasn't going to happen. Buddy, they tried it all. Yeah, they sure enough did. Uh, their trick questions uh, have failed. Uh, certainly hadn't produced the expected outcome that they thought. They just, you know, they really, they right, they thought right highly of themselves, didn't they? Come to think oh, yes. of it, you know, uh, they not only did they think they was holier than thou, and literally holier than thou, uh, they thought they were just so smart, you know. Uh, Jesus turned them on their heads in in, in just a couple couple words, you know, uh, and there was. So everything they've tried has been exhausted. Mm -hmm. Now, they figure the only way they can stop Jesus' popularity and preserve their own position and authority is to get rid of the problem. Yeah, last ditch effort. Yeah. Jesus had to be killed. But, but, but you know, he, he, they just couldn't come out and do it. 
you know. Couldn't uh, gun him down in the street. No, no, no. You know, he had to. It had to look like an accident. <laughs> in this case, it had to look like. Well, it couldn't. It certainly couldn't look like their envy <laughs> uh, had anything to do with it. They had to be very subtle about what they was doing, and they had to make it like look like Jesus was guilty of heresy. And they tried to do that with their questioning, which didn't work out so well. And uh, if they could just make Jesus look like a heretic, uh, and and being and an enemy of God, and an enemy of the people, then they just might be able to pull this thing off, you know. So, you know, it's interesting because here the wheels begin to turn as they formulate their diabolical plot, or so they thought. Yeah. You know, here they thought this is this is perfect. We got this. When all along, what they didn't realize is they were playing right into God's hand. Yeah, amen. <laughs> you know, you, you, you use that analogy there, the wheels beginning to turn. At the end of this thing, they were coming off. <laughs> they were coming off. Uh, in the meantime, uh, after the, the obvious uh, attempts by the Pharisees and Sadducees to, um, to try to trip Jesus up, uh, Jesus returned to Bethany to the house of Simon the leper. Now, it makes me wonder, brother, you reckon Simon the leper, you reckon Jesus healed him? I'd imagine so. Yeah, well, how, well, how else would he be healed? I mean, right. there wasn't no cure for that stuff, I don't think. And the Bible doesn't say specifically, but he very well could have been the one that returned to Jesus when he healed the ten lepers. Well, you never know. You know, you wish the Bible sometimes would go into more detail, you know that? Yeah. But uh, God just gives what it, uh, I guess we get to heaven. No, we'll, we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll figure it out. Get, we'll get, save something for later. I guess, you, you know. Uh, it was here, while he was in Bethany, as Simon the leper, that a woman came and broke an alabaster box of costly ointment and anointed Jesus while he sat at the supper table. And upon criticism of this woman by his disciples, uh, of who, of course, Judas was the chief of of that uh, as being a waste. Uh, Jesus quietly told his disciples that she has uh, anointed his body for burial. But you know, she, you know, I don't think they caught on yet. I don't think they caught on yet. You know, while in Bethany, uh, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, and, and he was also the treasurer of their group, uh, he, he sneaked off to the religious leaders who wanted Jesus dead. And he made a deal with them to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And then back in time, in that time, it would have been uh, 30 silver shekels is what it would have been, those pieces of silver. And it was equivalent to about $20 or uh, the price of a slave back then. That's, that's a cheap price we put on, uh, on human life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, why would Jesus even think of such a thing? Mm -hmm. You know? There, there's one school of thought on this that uh, that believes that Judas was uh, was going to sell out Jesus, get that 30 pieces of silver, uh, and then he was going to make out like a bandit. He's going to take the bag and run. You know, it, it, he was a thief. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's only, you know, that could be a possibility. It could just kind of make one more last score before he run off all the money. Still others think that uh, Judas, Judas, Judas never thought that the Pharisees would have been successful in killing the Lord. Hmm. I mean, why, why would they? Why would they? Uh, after all, he he has witnessed uh, all the miracles that Jesus has performed, including uh, the casting out of demons from uh, from those who were were, were possessed. Uh, 
if he had the power over, uh, over well, he, he had the power over the demons. I mean, that was obvious. He had power over the demons. He had the power over the over sickness and disease. He had power over uh, the fig tree. Remember the nature, yep, yep. nature. He had power over. He had power over all of creation. Well, of course, he made it. You know, so it was. Pro it's probably it's a possibility. It's a possibility that Judas thought, well, you know, I can just, you know, I just rob the Pharisees that thirty pieces of silver, and you know, I just haul freight. You know. Uh, Surely, a mere man wouldn't be any match for the Son of God, you know. And you know, also, it's interesting that this specific uh, amount was prophesied by Zechariah in chapter 11, verses 12 and 13. It said that he had been weighed for 30 pieces of silver, and that that silver would be cast out on the floor of the house of God. And what did Judas do whenever he returned? He threw it at their feet. Oh, that's uh, silver at their feet. <laughs> Of course, they were too holy to take blood money, you know. Uh, yeah, it's okay to give it, but you yeah. can't take it back. You know, good night. <laughs> we, we talk about hypocrisy. Well, that's the height of it, isn't it? Yeah, buddy. Uh, from that time on, brother, uh, Judas sought an opportunity to betray Jesus. Now, he had to, he had to have an opportunity. He had to wait uh, until the multitude wasn't around because they would more than likely, you know, what the, you know, they felt pretty highly of Jesus. Uh, if if they he tried to do that when Jesus, when the multitude was around, the multitude would probably just, you know, Highest. hijack Jesus right from them, you know. Uh, and uh, and if a riot would break out, which would have been likely. If a riot would break out, this in turn would bring Rome into the picture, um, and they would deliver Jesus anyway. So there's two shots right there that had the time and had to be right. Either the people was going to deliver Jesus, or the Roman soldiers would deliver Jesus. In any event, Jesus wouldn't have got to the cross, and uh, we would have been in a pickle, yeah. you know. And uh, if they would deliver Jesus, then they would turn right around and they would exact punishment on the religious leaders and the rioters. Well, that wouldn't look good. Well, no, it wouldn't look good at all. You know. So now, on the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and received instructions about observing the Passover. Uh, you know, people came from all over into the, into the town during this week. Uh, because they had to do that, I think once a year, I think they had to come to the temple once a year. Uh, and as they sat down that evening to eat the Passover meal, uh, Jesus dropped a bombshell on them. Um, literally, he said, Verily I say, can you imagine just sitting there and all of a sudden somebody, can, wouldn't you imagine sitting at the dinner table with family and, and then somebody saying, Brother, one of these days, one, before this night's through, uh, one of these people here at the table is going to kill you. I mean, phew, I mean. All right. Now, Where are we at? On the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, uh, the disciples came to Jesus and received instructions about observing the Passover. Oh, okay. And as they sat down that evening to eat the Passover meal, Jesus dropped a bombshell on them. Now, can you imagine being around your table and one of the members of that was in your family would say, you know, somebody's going to kill you tonight. I mean, that that would be a bombshell. Well, it sounds like a Lifetime movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> amen. Uh, what he said was, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Uh, and that caused all them just to turn 
one to another and to Jesus and said, well, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? You know what that tells me, brother? They realized that Jesus knew them better than they knew himself. And they was asking him whether it was me or not. I mean, don't you know? Yeah. You know? Um, but they, they figured Jesus knew more about them than they knew about themselves. You know? And that, that's really the acknowledgement that Jesus is God and knows all things. Yeah. You know? Uh, Jesus acknowledged that the one to betray him was Judas Iscariot, of course. And, and notice that Jesus picked up on the murmurings and, you know, who would betray him. But Jesus told them, whomever I give the sop to once I've dipped, that's who it is. And, you know, Jesus dips it and is like, oh yeah, hey, by the way, Judas, will you hold this for me? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't, no, I don't want that thing. Right. Uh, in Matthew 26, 26, uh, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper for the church. Now Judas has left the uh, left by now to make arrangements for the betrayal of Jesus. What uh, I do go do quickly. Yeah, you know, what I do quickly. And you know, go do it quickly. And I don't know whether that was because that might have been because he thought that since Jesus knew that he would somehow lose the opportunity to carry it through and make that money, mm -hmm. that could be the reason. Uh, I, I don't know, uh, but we know that he's left here and he's, he's going to try to make arrangements for this betrayal. And uh, uh, the rest of the disciples stayed there. Now, this was after the Passover, brother. It's after the Passover that uh, the first Lord's Supper with Jesus was then taken immediately on the heels of the Passover. And sometimes if people get that mixed up, they figure, well, that was the, that was the Lord's Supper, but it wasn't. They had the Passover supper. That was ended because they was in the sop, right? That was the end of that. Now, now the Lord's Supper is instituted. And for the first time, the, the church uh, is taking one of the two ordinances that we still practice, which is the Lord's Supper. And notice, brother, he didn't call in the multitudes. He didn't call in anybody who, quote, believed or said that they, they believed in Christ. But he took in the twelve. his... His group that he called out, a called out local assembly of called, believers, yeah, not, and, uh, not all the same. Instituting a closed Lord's Supper. Yeah, you know, after singing a hymn, they went out uh, into the Mount of Olives, where uh, Jesus told them, "You know, all ye shall be offended me because be offended because of me this night." Uh, he also told them that he would rise again. And cue Peter's foot in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good old Peter, right? Peter rebuked the Savior, saying that, Oh, man, I'll never be offended because of you, Lord. Not me. I'll never be offended, you know. You know what they say about that. Yeah, my mom always said, never say never. Uh, in fact, uh, Jesus told Peter right after that, not only would he be offended, that Peter would, be, would, be a, would deny him uh, three times uh, before the cock would crow on that same day you know uh, of course peter says oh no not me I, not me i'll you know i'll die with you before uh i would deny deny you and and all the, the disciples said the same thing oh no we're not we're not going to leave you we're not going to deny you that's far be it from us to do anything like that you know it would be if they went here here that's right yeah never will we do as you have said 
And uh, apparently they forgot what Numbers 23.19 said. Yeah. And God is not man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not promised, and will he not do it? Yeah. And he said it, it's going to happen. Yeah, and sure enough, brother, uh, when the chips were all down, all the disciples, except for, for Peter, we, we always look at Peter, well, Peter denied Christ, you know. But the rest of them, they run like scalded dogs. Yeah. One of them even left his cloak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scared him right out of his clothes. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Mark, I guess. The, the Bible tells us that was Mark. <laughs> uh, from here, they proceed to the Garden of Gethsemane where uh, Jesus left his disciples. Uh, while he took Peter, James, and John, which was his inner, inner circle, uh, he took them with him uh, to pray uh, with, with Jesus and for him. Uh, he left them together, and he went off a little bit, uh, a little bit, went down the path there to pray. Uh, and the Bible says that Jesus' soul was exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. He went back to the three disciples uh, with that sorrowful spirit. Uh, and he hoped to engage them in prayer uh, for the terrible death that he was was soon would be facing. And uh, what did happens? He found him asleep. Well, yeah. sleeping on the job while while the master's praying, they're snoozing. Yeah, amen. Uh, well, true Baptist, right? Yeah. yeah. Napping while the preacher's sleeping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jesus said, "What? What couldn't you not watch with me one hour?" I mean, yeah. one hour. That's it. Uh, and he turned, he goes away again to pray. And uh, I I guess the disciples woke up long enough to hear him rebuke them. And, and so Jesus goes off and prays again. And, and of course, the disciples stayed awake now, right? Yeah. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> uh, he goes off and goes to pray. And he comes back. And what? And there they are. There they are snoozing away again, you know. Wow, talk about being spiritually lazy. You know, he said, watch and pray, lest ye fall into temptation. Yeah, amen. He was warning them. He said, well, what did he say there? He said, the spirit is willing, well, the flesh but is the weak. flesh is weak. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, he leaves them for a third time. Uh, and he goes a little way to pray uh, alone, brother. He prayed alone. Uh, how blessed we are in our churches and our church bodies to have brethren to pray with us. Uh, in our times of need because jesus he was in that garden facing this terrible terrible um uh, crucifixion that was to come on him uh, and he had nobody that would stay awake long enough to pray for him you know what a tragedy brother sometimes i'm so glad that jesus remains no matter if we fall asleep at times in our spiritual walk he's always there yeah, praying yeah. And offer intercession on our behalf. Now he walked in the garden alone. Yeah. You know, and when we when we we in our our time we have Jesus walks with us. Yeah. You know, we can bet on him uh, holding our hand through whatever tragedy we face. Uh, and folks, uh, you know, uh, third time they was back asleep. I guess he just said, you know, let him you know think, let them sleep. You know, let them sleep because they're going to need it. Yeah. He said, "Sleep on, sleep yeah. on." Yeah. And you're right, brother. They're gonna. Need, it was gonna be a long night. Yeah. A long night, folks. Jesus suffered and died so that you can be delivered from your sin and be restored unto the heavenly Father. Uh, sin has broken our relationship with God, and. Uh, we would never see heaven 
ever. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, it says, And this is the record, that God has given us eternal life, and that life is in His Son. And he that hath the Son have life, and he hath not the Son have not life. So how do we get this life? Well, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says, That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, says John. Won't you do that today? That is, repent or turn from your sins. Ask Jesus coming in your heart or down in your inner man, is, is what he's talking about. He speaks to heart. Believe that Jesus is God and that he died for your sin on that cross. And you can be saved and restored unto the God in heaven's glory. But won't you do that today? Admit that you're a sinner. Repent or turn away from your sin. Or some people would rather would say, would change your mind towards sin, towards your God, the Savior. Believe that Jesus is God and came to the, provide the perfect sacrifice for you on the cross. And confess Him as your Savior. Asking Him to come into your heart and save your soul. And folks, you know something? He will. He will. Amen. Brother, you got a song for us? I do. It kind of goes along with what we were just talking about. This love I see freely shown for you and me by the one who did atone just to show his matchless grace Jesus suffered for the race in Gethsemane alone oh what love matchless love oh what love for me is forever I will be for the love he gave to me when he suffered all alone. Terry here he told me, Terry here he watched for me, but they heard no bitter moan. For the three disciples slept while my
be. Amen. Praise God, we don't have to suffer alone, do we? No, we don't. Amen. He is there by our side. No matter what we face, whatever we go through, even as a child of God, the valley of the shadow of death is just a shadow. Just a shadow. And like you said one time before from the pulpit, a shadow requires light. That's right. And Jesus is the light of the world. Amen. 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 So it is so good to be with you again. Uh, tune in next time as we cover part 10. We're going to be covering the trial and uh, then the crucifixion. And then, praise God, three days later, he rose, wrecked. He rose again. Amen. And so, uh, looking so forward to it again. Um, thank you to all of our, our viewers, all of our listeners. Um, and we definitely covet and appreciate your prayers and know that you're in ours. And so wherever you might be, because I know that there are some that listen to us that it might be a danger for them too. Uh, yeah, keep listening. That, we know that's a fact, yes. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll be praying for you as well. Hey, keep the faith. Keep the faith. My mom always said, don't keep the faith, spread it. <laughs> there you go. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Brother Doug, will you close us out in a word of prayer? Yeah, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this roundtable. Lord, we thank you for your uh, input into it. Father, we just pray now that uh, as it goes out, it goes out into uh, the various parts of the world uh, that your Holy Spirit will uh, allow them to understand the, the words being spoken and will prick their heart, Lord, and uh, convict them of their sin that they might be saved. Father, we just pray now and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 See you next time.